Good morning, everybody. Good morning to you. God is good. Hallelujah. This is Reverend Essie of New Birth Ministries. And today is January 16th, 2022. This is the Sunday that Western Pennsylvania is supposed to get that really bad snow after 9 p.m. So I hope all of you are preparing to do what you have to do before 9 p.m. gets here. In fact, they're saying be prepared before 6 p.m. Amen. They want you to stay off the streets at 9 p.m. Amen. But God, amen, God keeps us and sustains us. And if it wasn't for God, where would we be? Who would we be? What would we be? Amen. God brought a lot of us a long way. Therefore, every time we open up our eyes, we should be appreciative. Amen. Today, I'm going to be discussing inward spiritual necessities. Today, I'm going to be discussing inward spiritual necessities. Amen. And I'm going to be taking these from seven different uh, scriptures. Actually, there's seven different topics under this topic that I would like to cover that gives us what we need to serve the Lord. And I'm not talking about works. This is what the word says. This is what the word of God tells us to do. Amen. So let me open up with prayer. Dear Lord God, King of all kings and Lord of all lords, we worship you and we praise you. We magnify your holy name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. There is no greater name than yours. People get free. Captives are free, set free by your name. Uh, People get healed by your name. We get our joy through your name. Hallelujah. Through joy to the Holy Ghost. We worship and praise you and adore you, Jesus. And we ask today that you cause the Holy Spirit to use me in a way where people will understand what they need to please you and not man. There are so many of us today that are pleasing man, and some people realize they're doing it, and there are many people who don't realize they're doing it. So, Father God, teach us how to please you. Amen. After we please you, all the other goodness will follow. Hallelujah. We lift up all the prayer requests uh, to you. I pray for uh, my friend Karen, whose father died, and uh, Mr. Russo, and I pray for their family. They're a beautiful family. They've been good to us. You sent us to live around angels. Hallelujah. I pray for Cookie, um, our other neighbor, Lord God, who've been nothing but good to me and my family. Amen. I ask that you comfort them and wrap your arms around them and let them know that Their father, Karen's father, is going to be all right. Amen. He was a believer. Amen. So thank you, Jesus, for loving us. In your holy name, we bless you and we pray for Israel and bless Israel as well. In your holy name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God is good. Hallelujah. So let's start this out. Uh, First, let's start. I'll start with... um, Matthew 5, 20. Let me see. I'll become Matthew 5, Matthew 18, Luke 13, Luke 13, John 3, 5, John 4, 24, John 6, 
3. And the last one is John 8, 24. Amen. Let's start with inward righteousness. How's that? Amen. Number 1, Matthew 5, 20. Amen. Let me turn to Matthew 5, 20. We're talking about inward righteousness. Now, you know, there's a lot of people say, well, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. Once you get saved, you're just saved and you can do anything you want to do. No, no. Now, we're not talking about works. <clears throat> I'm not talking about works here. You don't have to do this to be saved. But what you want to do is to live right. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. And he knows we're going to make mistakes. This is why I tell people, if you do anything that your heart condemns, if you do anything and your heart condemns you, ask God to forgive you. Get it over and done with, okay? Now, people act like once you get saved, you don't have to ask God to forgive you anymore. It's over. Lie? The devil is a liar. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar. I ask God to forgive me every time I think I've done something that he wouldn't like. If you love your father... Amen. And you love your mother. Okay. Wouldn't you want to please them? Not hurt them? Not not hurt their feelings? There are so many things we do every day. There are things that people do that, that breaks the heart of God. So, you know, there's things that we do that just, he just, can you imagine how he feels when he sees us doing things that we know are not right? That we know are not like him. All I have to say is good thing for his grace and mercy. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And people abuse that. Don't abuse grace. It's one thing we shouldn't do. Abuse grace. Matthew 5.20 says, this is Jesus speaking. And I'll start up with 19. Whoever teaches men commandments of God, the commandments of God, <clears throat> and lives them, shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 19, the beginning of the verse, whoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. So if you're teaching, if you're if you're uh, breaking the commandments that Jesus told you not to break and you're teaching other people how to break these commandments, you're not a good leader. Amen. You are not a good leader. Hallelujah. And Jesus is telling us, and we'll go on in verse 20, okay, which says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know how far you've been in the Bible or how much you've studied or anything, but the scribes and the Pharisees were on Jesus. They were always, always watching Jesus. Amen. Everything he did, the Bible says they even tried to uh, how you say, catch him up in his words. They always try to find Jesus saying something wrong. They followed him everywhere he went. They went by the law, see? They weren't going by, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't gladly accept the grace of God. 
and the mercy of God. And when, when, when Jesus healed on, on the Sabbath, whenever he ate on this, when he did certain things, uh, he ate without what him and the disciples ate without washing their hands. Okay. They complained about that. He healed the leper. He, he healed the man that sat by the water and nobody, a man sat there for years and nobody would help that man get in the water. They said that when an angel would come through, he would stir the waters and whoever jumped into the water first got healed. This poor man sat there and sat there for years until Jesus came by and freed him. And that's what a lot of us do today. We sit and sit and sit in our miseries and in our troubles until Jesus comes by and heals us and lets us know that we are healed and everything is going to be all right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, every time he heals somebody, the man uh, with a withered hand, Jesus healed the man with a withered hand. They complained about that. Amen. Amen. He had women in his ministry. They complained about that. You do not want to be like a scribe and a Pharisee. What they did was they were good for preaching the law, but a lot of them weren't living the law. Amen. They they weren't living, they, they and I know they weren't living the law because they were too busy. You cannot do what you were supposed to be doing if you're too busy watching Jesus and trying to find fault in Jesus. They say people don't blame you for something unless they've done it as well. And this is one of those situations where they were blaming Jesus because Whatever they were blaming him for is what they were most likely doing behind closed doors. Amen. Because if they were doing what they were supposed to be doing, they would have more power to heal. They would have more power to, to they didn't understand, but he was changing things after Jesus was born. The laws called the old schoolmaster. When Jesus came about, those things, most of those things, turning on uh, the, the light switch on the Sabbath, all that kind of stuff was done away with. The Mosaic law was changed. Amen. Now, God, Jesus has come to the earth and he said he didn't try to to, to get rid of the law. He just came to make it better. And this is the part that the scribes and the Pharisees didn't see. They didn't see that Jesus came to make it better. Amen. That is the part that they did not see. That is the part that they did not understand. Could have been jealousy, jealousy, because look, when you have an anointing on you, that's what Jesus' name meant, the anointed one. Yeshua HaMashiach, the Christ, the anointed one. When you have the anointing on you, you get things done. Amen. You can't pay attention to what the devil's telling you or what you see, the stats and stuff on, on the internet. You get things done. And you know it, and God knows it. Amen. But see, the Pharisees and the scribes didn't have the anointing on them. They weren't getting anything done except for reading the word, reading the Torah every Saturday in the temple. They weren't getting people healed. 
They weren't helping the, the man at the pool of, what is it, pool of Bethesda? They weren't helping the man at the pool get healed. They weren't taking demons. They weren't removing demons out of women like Mary. They weren't able to do these kinds of things because they were in the Mosaic law. They were in their flesh. You had to dress a certain way. You had to talk a certain way. And this is why Jesus said, he's telling us right here, Matthew 5.20. He said, "For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Not only are you, it's not saying that you'll be the least in heaven. It's not saying you'll be the greatest in heaven. He's saying you're not going to heaven. (laughs) You have to be better. You have to understand the scribes and the Pharisees to know what he's talking about, which it means we got to read the Bible. We have to study the word. We have to learn it. Even if you do it a, a chapter a day or every couple of days, study this word. You need it. This Bible is your M16. Amen. Hallelujah. This Bible is your weapon. A two-edged sword. Even God showed us that. He calls it a two-edged sword. Amen. This Bible is your grenade. Hallelujah. People go out there and they they get into voodoo and hoodoo and Ouija boards and tarot and and, and spells and incantations and burning candles shaped like human beings. And they're they're putting spells on the candles and burning them and trying to get their husband or their wife to come back home or get somebody else's husband or wife. They're trying all this stuff, this magic, all this fleshly, demonic stuff. And all they need is to crack open that Bible. And start to study it. You know why they don't? Because to be honest with you, people are lazy. They just don't want to. They don't want to take out the time to study the word and to try to understand what God is telling them because we all think we've arrived. We think we're we're know-it-alls. I'm going to say that, okay? Reverend Essie is saying today that the people that don't take out time to read God's word are know-it-alls. They think they know everything and they don't want to be corrected. Just like a child, they don't want to be taught. Opposite. The opposite spirit. Because once you have gathered information in your life, you think you know everything. You're doing everything by your own flesh. You're not doing anything by the spirit of the most high God because you're not listening to him. And neither do you want to. It's like that bad child with the oppositional spirit in them. What do you call it? Uh, oppositional defiance or something. That's what, And they, they don't want to learn anything else. They don't want God to teach them how to tithe. They don't want God to teach them how to love. They love who they love. Tithing is their money. You're not going to tell me how to take care of my money, even though God only wants 10%. Amen. Of whatever you get. He said the other 90 is yours. Now, if God, the creator of all things, is giving you 90 cents on on, on on a dollar, why do you have, look, 
think about it, why do you have to have that other 10 cents too? <laughs> Amen. People just want to do whatever they want to do. They don't want to learn. And Jesus was trying to teach them. And Jesus was going against some of the things that these scribes and Pharisees were doing. He had to because he's bringing in a better way. He's bringing in a better way and they wasn't going here. Amen. Amen. You have to exceed. That's number one. Numero uno. You have to exceed the righteousness, he even calls it, of the scribes and Pharisees. Amen. All right. And then number two. Um. A childlike spirit. Matthew 18, 3. We're still in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew 18, 3. You got to have a childlike spirit. See, these people didn't have a childlike spirit. They were grown. You can't tell us what to do. We're grown. How many times have you heard that? You can't tell me what to do. I'm grown. <laughs> See, you know, he always trying to tell me. She's always trying. My parents are always trying to tell me what to do. I'm grown. Yeah, okay. Yep. But whenever the money gets low, who do they come to? Amen. Whenever they get their heart broke, who do they go to? Amen. Who is there for them? Have a childlike spirit. Matthew 18, 3. Let's see what Matthew 18, 3 says. And Jesus says this again. And, and said, okay, it says, at the same time came the disciples and Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And he said, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted, changed, change your mind. Stop acting like you're so grown. You don't need anybody or anything. Amen. Go back to simplicity. Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. God does not want no oppositional defiance in the kingdom of heaven. Who? Oh, my God. There was one time there was. What's his name? Satan, Lucifer. He was the, the, the he was the child with the oppositional defiance. And we saw how that came out. People were miserable because of him. Countries and world, people are miserable because of this oppositional defiant child that wanted to do his own thing. Jesus said, you got to go back to being teachable. People just don't want to be teachable anymore. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, you have to go back to being like a child. Be teachable. You know how they say, there's people that say we have arrived. Nobody has arrived. Nobody has arrived. Amen. No one has truly arrived. Folks, we have a long way to go. If we've arrived, who needs Jesus? Amen. Conversion. He's talking about changing your wicked ways. Do you remember whenever... Um, years ago when you were younger and you didn't learn about bills that needed to be paid, you didn't know about heartbreak. Um, 
And when you, Christmas was beautiful, you look out the window and all you see is the, 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 the glowing lights on the snow on the top of people's houses and things like that. Do you remember those days? Do you remember those days whenever you could sit down underneath a tree on a green grass and have your own little picnic or have a picnic with a friend and just laugh and talk and the world just continues on? You're using your imagination. People played cowboys and Indians or whatever. Nobody got offended and wanted to take anybody to court. Amen. You played with dolls in dollhouses long before we even got into this internet stuff and this cell phone stuff, which is always on. You know, just because you turn your cell phone off doesn't mean that cell phone is off. They could be listening to everything you're... I'm talking about governments, so don't say, mm, she said they. <laughs> People kill me with that. Yes, they can be listening to you, everything you're saying and doing in your household through your what you think is off phone. Remember those days when we were innocent, childlike innocence. When your children were younger, they got so happy whenever you would buy them something or take them fishing or bake them a cake, something, amen, childlike happiness, the joy that they had. This is what God wants you to be like. God doesn't want you to come to him all the time like he's a bank and a lot of us do it. We do it. Some people, they won't pray to him. They won't talk to him. They won't listen for him, but they always want to go to him whenever something is wrong. When something goes wrong with their health or when the money in the bank is short or when when the rent is due or when a, the husband or the wife is acting up, you know, God doesn't want to hear that all the time. I mean, he'll take it. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Yes, he wants to give us rest, but he also wants us, he called us friends. Jesus calls us friends. Jesus, would you want to have a friend that complains all the time? That's depression. That's negativity. I, I, I had a, I had a person I called a friend one time and all they did was complain and they had like a, they had a mean spirit to them. They would talk about somebody like a dog. We're sitting in a restaurant. They talk about somebody like a dog and a person that they talked about would walk up to them and say, Hey, how are you? And they go, hi, I haven't seen you in a long time. God bless you. And they'd stand up and hug them and they just got finished talking about that person like a dog. You want a friend like that that's negative all the time? A friend that looks at bad the bad side of life and they don't consider... The, God doesn't want it either. <laughs> Amen. Amen. There's happiness in heaven. There's joy in heaven. Why do you think that Satan got kicked to the curb? Oh my God. That's why he got kicked to the curb. You don't want to be like him? Be more like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, the third one. Amen. Repentance. Luke 13, 2. Let me turn to Luke 13, 2. How many times do you hear me saying, and all the other preachers are saying the same thing. People need to listen. Luke 13, 2. <clears throat> Reads like this. 
I'll start with one that says, There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things. Make sure I'm in the right place here. Let me see. Yeah, Luke 13, 2, and then Luke 13, 3. It says, I tell you nay, but except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. God is calling us to repentance, folks, every single day. Not once a month, not once a year, like a holiday. God wants you to repent every, every single day is made for us to repent. People say, Jesus, when you coming back, Jesus, hurry up. It's getting bad down here. Oh God, when are you going to send Jesus, Jesus? And, and what God saying, what did you repent yet? Have you repented? Jesus said, but except you repent, he said, no, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to say it like this. Today's what? The 16th of January, <clears throat> Sunday, 16th of January, 2022. If you, let's say you don't repent, you think you still have more time. Because the Bible says when Jesus comes back, they're going to be getting married and having parties and going to work and swimming in swimming pools and gossiping on the telephone and just doing. They don't know. Nobody knows when Jesus is coming back. People are going to be living the way they live. People are going to be living, dying. The news is going to be on. Things are going to be happening. People are going to get shot. People are going to get married. And, you know, and Jesus is going to come back and nobody's going to be prepared except for those that love him and have a relationship with him and know him. And if that should happen. Let's, as I say, let's reach down to the bottom of the what if barrel. What if Jesus comes back Monday, the 17th? Look at all the people that aren't going to be ready. Look at all the people, the wicked, wicked people that thought that they had time taking advantage. There's that anti-spirit again, oppositional defiance again. Oh, we'll do it. I'm not ready yet. We have time. I'm not ready yet. All right. I'm telling you now, repent. G hey, you know, a lot of people say I have the Apostle Paul uh, anointing on me. And even when I graduated from Bible, from Bible school, Pastor Janet told me I did. Yes, Pastor Janet Popovich told me I had the Apostle Paul anointing and she literally whispered in my ear when we were standing up there in front of the church graduating. And she she told me one of the things I can't say everything she told me. I'll go to my grave with that. But one thing she did tell me, she said, uh, you're not going to be well um, accepted. And she said, uh, everywhere you go, hell is going to let loose. She told me that. So she let me know. Something was up. Amen. But I also believe I have, I think all of us should have the spirit of John the Baptist in us too. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, okay? I use both. People argue over that too. See, we're so busy. We're still arguing over how you get baptized, folks. Does that make sense? <laughs> Repent and be baptized. Hallelujah. You should receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, okay? Next, number four, the new birth. John chapter three, verse five. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What was I just saying? Be baptized, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And that doesn't mean that people that don't go under, I believe in uh, underwater baptism, where you just go down under the water, but everybody who didn't get baptized that way, okay, I don't believe God's going to hold that against them, but I do believe they should be baptized. Amen. They should be baptized. It, baptism is not necessary. It's not necessary for your, um, uh, for your faith. It's not necessary for your salvation. Okay. Because it is actually an outward show that you have accepted Jesus. And when you've been baptized by the washing of the word, okay, let's get deep. People will argue about it. You, when you get baptized by the washing of the word, you're baptized. The Holy Spirit takes over. The whole, my God, thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit is in this Bible. And oh my God, people, a lot of people can't get washed by by the, uh, the, they can't understand and get cleansed by the washing of the word because they're so busy focusing on being dipped in the Jordan River. I get Jesus. Everybody's so busy being trying to get dipped in the Jordan River and have pieces of your know, part of bottles of the river water sent to their homes that they don't understand that Jesus was talking about being baptized by the washing of the capital W-O-R-D period. The word. Jesus is the word in print. And unless you allow the Holy Spirit to take over you while you're studying God's word, you're not going to have no power. Amen. The new birth. Hallelujah. It's the name of our ministry. Thank God. And God gave it to me. No, I wasn't trying to be like Bishop Eddie Long because he had, I think his was called uh, new birth too. Uh, but no, the new birth. Amen. God showed me that name. I took a shower and was laying down on the bed one day because I'd asked him, what, what, what am I going to name my ministry? And, um, and sure enough, the name new birth. I heard it whispered into my ear. Amen. Number five, spiritual worship. John 4, 24, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. You cannot worship God in your flesh. Yes, you can dance or whatever in church and what they have, the dancers and the people who run with the flags and things like that. They're worshiping God. But I'm talking about worshiping God in your spirit. When you worship God in your spirit, when you love God and praise God with your spirit and not just trying to do it through your flesh, the Holy Spirit takes over. 
Amen. And God accepts that worship. He accepts your spirit worshiping him. When you worship God in the spirit, you're not going to want to do the things that your flesh is trying to make you do. When I became, well, I got baptized a long time ago. I, I accepted, I got saved years ago. I think when I was like maybe 11 or 12, but throughout the years I matured. Okay. I matured. And I stopped doing the things I used to do. When you are, you could tell a person, I hate to say this because I feel like I'm telling on a lot of people here, but I'm sorry, I got to say it. When you could, a person can tell when you have a close personal relationship with Jesus Christ because you only want to please him. You will not want to do the things that you used to do. I don't want to go in a bar anymore. Not that I went that much. Anyhow, I was never really much of a drinker. Anyhow, you know, I don't want to go in a bar anymore. <clears throat> Amen. And the last time that I was ever in one for, for personal reasons that to sit and drink, I, I was listening to a Jimmy Swaggart on TV. The bar I used to go to Carmen Nacarado's bar in East St. Kansburg, Carmen would turn on uh, Jimmy Swaggart while we're sitting there <laughs> <laughs> playing bowling and, and, and drinking and laughing and talking, you know, so we still got the work. Amen. I don't want to do that anymore. I used to smoke two packs of Marlboros, two red packs of Marlboros a day. I don't want to do that anymore. I used to cuss like a sailor being a, being a former Marine as well. I don't want to do that anymore. Amen. I don't want to fornicate anymore. I tried the boyfriend thing. I tried the husband thing. Didn't work for me. I don't want, I'm done. I don't want to do that anymore. Amen. All I'm looking for is a friend. A good friend that loves the Lord. I'm done. I'm done with all that dating. I'm done with all those big eyes with long eyelashes stuff. I'm done. It's over. Amen. You, you should not want to do the stuff you used to do. Simply put, amen, I worship God in spirit and in truth. And when I make a mistake, when I do something I have no business doing, which I do, nobody's perfect, amen, I ask the Lord to forgive me and it's done. Some of us should wipe our brow. <laughs> ask the Lord to forgive you for what you've done. Don't let it ride. The Bible said don't go to bed with that mess in your mind. Don't go to bed with that mess on your heart. Ask the Lord to forgive you. Amen. Worship God in spirit and in truth. That's the truth. You want to know the truth? That's the truth. Worship God in spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will, will get together with your spirit and worship and praise God in the way it's supposed to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Your soul is depending on it. Number six, spiritual food. John 6, 53 says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Amen. Communion. Let Jesus Christ be your food, your spiritual food. The Bible even tells you when you take, well, it's not just about communion. I'm using that as an example. The Bible tells you when you take communion, don't eat it because you're hungry. It's spiritual food. <laughs> Amen. You thank, you give, you bless it. 
Okay. And for some of you like me to do it at home, you hold it up. Amen. And you bless it. Okay. You bless the bread that is a representation of the, of the body of Jesus. And then you thank Jesus for the blood. You could bless and thank for both actually. And then you take your communion. Amen. Except you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood. You have no life in you. Amen. You have to somehow look, if you don't, uh, you know, this is me saying this. Amen. (laughs) If you don't get baptized and show people that you know, Jesus, and you are now one of him, one, one of his followers, one of his disciples. Okay. Take communion. If you can't get to communion, if you can't take communion or you're just kind of person, you don't do it on your own, get baptized or use your conversation with people. Stop being the way you used to be. Show people that you've changed. The apostle Paul, when he was Saul, used to kill Christians. I've read in a book recently by uh, Charles Swindle. Okay. He describes, he says, Paul was one of the people who stood there and held the coat possibly held the coat of Stephen while they were stoning Stephen. Amen. Paul went around killing Christians, putting them in jail, men and women. That's why he says, I'm the least of the apostles. He said, he said, what? I think he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. Paul went from killing Christians. Imagine the problem that he had trying to let people know that he now believes in Jesus Christ. Imagine how people felt when they saw him coming. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. And last personal faith. John 8, 24, it says, and I said, therefore, unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, the anointed one, you shall die in your sins. Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am the anointed one sent by our father, God in heaven above, if you don't believe that I'm one third of the, of the Godhead in the third heaven, if you don't believe that I am the one that left his throne to help you. You'll die in your sins. And I don't feel sorry for you because you had a chance. Are you saved? Amen. If you're not saved, like I said, all you have to do is just say this. Accept Jesus right now. All you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross. And was raised three days later just for me. I want you to be my savior and teach me. I love you, Jesus, and amen. And if you just said that, yes, it's that easy. Look up Romans 10, 9. Read read Romans 10. And if you just said that, God bless you. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Because you are now a follower of Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen. God throws your, your sins as far as the east is from the west and remembers it no more. So don't bring it back. If God forgot it, you forget it. The devil will bring it back, but you kick him to the curb and show him who's boss. Amen. Go find a Bible believing, tongue talking, baptizing, New Testament church. Okay. <laughs> Amen. That does what the apostles and Jesus did. Amen. Hallelujah. 
and learn of him. It's never too late. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming on. And I pray that you stay safe in this weather that we're supposed to get. God's angels surround you. I decree and declare in Jesus name that God's angels are going to surround each and every one of us and keep us calm within the storm. Amen. Peace. Be still. Reverend Essie signing off. God bless you. Have a beautiful day. To God be the glory for the things he has done.